Thanks for listening to the Issue Podcast. Be sure to follow our Instagram at the underscore Issue Podcast or Twitter at just the Issue Podcast. Catch us Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what up? It is The Issue. We are back. It is Friday, August 7th, and we have a pretty loaded show for you today. Very excited. Yeah, sorry for getting it to you guys a little later again today. Busy, busy day. A lot of stuff uh, is just coming up. Super exciting Friday, though. Oh, yeah. You gotta gotta love Fridays, especially when, you know, the Penguins are playing, got a lot of sports on, you know, so it's just... It's fun. Oh, it's absolutely. a fun Friday. Absolutely. We got a lot of stories. And, Tim, I know you got a big yeah, one to start off with. I want to start with one. Um, so, in life, sometimes you got to go against, like, the big dogs a little bit. You know, some of the the underdogs got to push back, you know, because if you get pushed over 24-7, you're going to be, you know, in some serious trouble in life. Mm-hmm. Um, if you disagree, just look at, look at the nation. No one will ever be president that is unanimously selected or liked or even respected by, by the masses. That's because the natural human tendency – to push against against the power seniority or whatever it is so right now um we're not a huge podcast we're, we're very small actually but i mean we're growing appreciate all, all the listeners so thank you guys um but one of my idols colin coward i'll still he'll still always be my idol i i love listening to him and uh he got me into into podcasting and analyzing sports he made me really want to do it and i, I love about 95 percent of things he says but oh, oh, did he have such such a bad one recently? Um, so he predicted the Ravens going sixteen and zero and breezing right through and winning the Super Bowl. He made a very bold prediction saying that. So you know, let's just clarify here. I'm going to just jump right in and just you know to clarify. He believes that Lamar Jackson zero two in the playoffs and has been embarrassed in those two games, and still really isn't even a top seven to eight passing quarterback in the league. So if he doesn't have a lead, he's pretty much screwed. With Marquise Hollywood Brown as his number one target, who in his second year, he's going into his second year, did not show much last year, came in at like 155 last year. He's, he's gotten up to like he's about 185 now. Not He's not a number one target yet. And a defense who, yes, good, very good defense, but not even close to like a Hall of Fame level defense. And John Harbaugh, who's won one Super Bowl, one, one. And he beat Kaepernick, who – you know, at the time was pretty good, but in the grand scheme, he didn't really have to go through much to to win that. Um, he's not even a top twenty-five coach of all time. So the last team to bid for this, you know, zero and six or sixteen and zero, and then run right through right through to the Super Bowl. Um, the last team to really make a run at it, and who at the beginning either we said, okay, there's a kind of a chance, you know, small, very very small chance, was the 07 Patriots, and they ended up almost doing it, lost in the Super Bowl to the Giants. You may remember with Brady and company. So let's just match up these two teams. The last two teams that we could really sit here and say they might actually do it, you know, which I don't think they will. I don't think the Ravens will, but the, the last team to actually be brought up in this conversation. So let's match them up. Brady, top three quarterback of all time, has six Super Bowls, more than the entire Ravens franchise, or Lamar Jackson 0-2, not even a top 7-8 passing quarterback. Okay. All right, yeah, throwing to either Marquise Goodwin, we talked about him, or Randy Moss, who is – Probably he is a Hall of Famer and will go down as probably the most talented and physically gifted receiver of all time. Yes, Jerry Rice was the best technically and, and statistically, I, I believe it. Um, but Jerry didn't run a 
uh, a four three forty at at six five and could jump out of the gym like Randy Moss could. So Randy Moss is the most physically gifted receiver. That was t- Brady's top target. Wes Welker, by the way, was Brady's third target on that team. Third. Dante Stallworth was actually above him. Okay, so we see that. Yeah, and and of the defense from 07. Hmm, let's see. Who did they have there? Oh, Teddy Bruschi, Junior Seau, both Hall of Famers or at least future. Um, Richard Seymour is going to get Hall of Fame votes. Um, Vince Wilford probably going to get some votes. Rodney Harrison, who probably won't get that many votes, but was a top safety in the league at the time. Asante Samuel, who was a top three corner that year. Go, go, go check. Okay, that, that's a Hall of Fame level defense. Who do the Ravens have that you might actually think could go to the Hall of Fame? Maybe Earl Thomas. Maybe. Maybe. Calais Campbell is good. Probably not a Hall of Fame level like Junior Seau, Richard Seymour was. They were loaded. And then you had, oh, wait, the, um, what is it? Oh, probably the best coach of all time, maybe. I don't know. At least top five. At least. So, hey, newsflash. They didn't even win it. They didn't even win the Super Bowl. They didn't even go clear through like, like Coward's predicting. And in their division, they had the Jets, nothing, the Dolphins, nothing, and the Bills, probably nothing at the time, yeah? Um, so you now expect Lamar and his, his little goon squad there. Um, that makes, like, the Brady, Brady's team makes that, that team look like a middle school team compared to the, yeah. So, I mean, you expect them to do the same thing, but actually better than that 07 Patriots team. You actually expect them to win the Super Bowl. In a division with the Browns, who are arguably, arguably more talented and definitely deeper, definitely deeper. They have two of everything over there. With the Steelers, who have a top-five defense, a top-20 quarterback of all time, who Lamar is not even in the realm of Big Ben, not even close all time, um, who's coming in rested, healthy, actually says he, he feels better than ever. And with the Bengals, who, yeah, you might you might rip on him, even I'm going to rip on him. But they're going to be healthy. They always play scrappy. They always give a tough game. Always, especially when they're healthy. And they added a really, really good young quarterback. I have my doubts about Joe Burrow, but he's still a really good young quarterback. He's still going to make throws. He's still going to make plays. He's going to make defenses. They got to prepare for him. I mean, whether you like him or not, he's going to be good. He's going to be at least decent. I just, so, and they also have to be, they have to go through in the same AFC, the Chiefs, who have systemically, systematically beat the Ravens every time since Mahomes has been a quarterback every time oh and the Bills who probably have a better defense so even if they do get out of the AFC right um you know completely 16 and they get to the Super Bowl right mm. so they're most likely going to meet either the Bucks, who with Brady I'm taking Brady all day the Niners who way better defense and actually beat the Ravens on the road last year and both teams return pretty much every starter so basically the same teams meeting again if, if they if they do meet in the Super Bowl or the Packers, who have a top 20 quarterback of all time, like Aaron Rodgers. Or even the Saints and Seahawks, who I would still pick and are still both better than that Giants team that actually beat the Patriots team, who's even better than the Ravens. Like, come on, let's be realistic here. In a loaded division and a really, really good AFC, especially with a really, really good team, and oh, the defending Super Bowl champions, with a quarterback who chokes, with a receiver who's not a number one target, with a defense that's not the same level, not the same caliber, not even close, where the coach is not even top 25, probably not even top 50 all time. You expect them to run through that. Come on, seriously. And let's also not mention that the, you know, the Steelers actually embarrassed Lamar Jackson last year at Heinz Field. Embarrassed. He threw three picks. Three picks. Couldn't get anything going. Seriously. I mean, be better. Be better, Coward. Be better, please. Yeah. I mean, 
what you said there's just spot on. I usually Colin Coward is spot on. But uh Yeah, I like, love about ninety five, ninety six percent of his takes, but that was just really, really bad. Yeah. Like it just really just wasn't good, you know? Yeah. Yep, totally got you there. I do want to move in now. Uh, we have our top five uh, MLB players from this so season. Far. Yeah, yeah this, so far just this season. From what we're seeing in the 2020 season so far, and what this might be all we see from the 2020 season so yeah. far uh, with how things are looking, but hopefully not. Um, you want to start it off? Yeah, I'll start off with my honorable mention. Okay, I had one, and he and he barely missed. But I had Colin Moran as an, as an honorable mention. <laughs> He's looking good. Okay, here's why. Not just because he's the hometown guy. All right. Not just because he plays for the Pittsburgh Pirates. We're, we try to be as unbiased as we can with this podcast. Um, and I'll it's, tell you right now, the Pirates suck. And so the Pirates I mean, are one of the, uh, the worst team in baseball. Yeah, they actually so, are statistically yeah. win percentage was yeah. the worst. Like team. Even the Marlins are like, like what, seven they're... and one now? The yeah. Pirates are like, what, two and like nine? Yeah, they're like really yeah, bad. Yeah, they're, they're terrible. They're yeah. like really horrendous. Yeah, yeah. So no, anyway, but, I mean, like, like we'll, we'll tell it as it is. No, yeah. Colin Moran, though. I have not him as an honorable mention, and uh, this is why. Third in the league in home runs. Yeah, no, he's swinging it really well. Third in the league in home runs. Not only that, but he has a pretty decent average, high yeah. twos. Yeah, and he's respectable. And he's leading an organization. Uh, a lot of this, a lot of the guys that I look at here on this list that I do have, they're the they're the they're leading their organization. Colin Moran is leading the Pirates right now. Josh Bell is not pulling his weight. No, I agree. Um, so that's why I have him in an honorable the, mention. The only reason I think he is honorable mention and probably towards the back end of a top 10 is yeah. just because of how bad the Pirates are. So yeah. I do like love the stats, but clearly it's really not doing yeah. much. You know what I mean? Like right, right. He is leading us, but is he leading us like to wins? I'm not I'm saying not. that's Moran's fault. Yeah, I I'm just you. saying that, that definitely hurts him a little bit. Yeah, I know. The, the team that – He's on definitely gives him a black yeah, eye I mean, when you're like, talking about top ten players. It's like kind of related to, to quarterbacks. Like if Kyler Murray's and the Cardinals went like ten and six last year. He yeah. would have got way more respect, you know. Right, right. Uh, so you want me to hit my list first? Yeah, go then? for it. All right, number five, I got Trevor Bauer. Um, you know, he's I think fifth in the league in uh, ERA right now. He's looking really good. Uh, I think he's even higher than that. Maybe third. Uh, he is third with a zero point six eight ERA. Uh, He's looking really good this he year is, so yeah. far. He just looks very dominant. I have, um, uh, he just, he just, he just seems to be in very like he's controlling his pitches very well. Yeah, he's putting them right where he wants it. In the past, that's been his problem. So mm-hmm. I think he's executed pitches really well. Yeah, I think that, and uh, I mean, he's just he's funny to just funny just to keep up with. <laughs> have you seen his Twitter when they played the Indians again? Dude, he's just a really funny guy. I mean, yeah. He is. He's just a likable dude. Yeah, I mean, um, he would he'd probably be my number six. Uh, Disclaimer, he's not on my list, but I would probably put him at number six. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my number four is Garrett Cole. Um, I really like what he's been able to do this year. Um, not yeah, a, I mean, not an impressive ERA. That that's my problem. I do like that he's 3-0 in three starts, um, but he's got two five five ERA. It's just not high enough for me to put him on this list. But, I mean, he's the ace that the Yanks have needed. He's definitely top ten. Yeah. Uh, his loca- The way he locates his pitches, I think, is yeah. just one of the one of the best in, in the league, honestly. Uh, the wipeout slider is disgusting. You watch, you watch where the catcher will set up with the Yanks, and he, he puts it right there every time. He rarely misses spots, and that's yeah, why I got to give that to him. pitches very well. Yeah. Uh, number three, I'm liking Charlie Blackman a lot. 
Um, he's hitting pretty well this year. Where is that hitting for uh, average? He's third in the league in average with a 396 average, uh, 412 on base percentage, and a 563 slugging. He's doing great. Yeah, he just looks really good. He just he seems like he's been kind of a he's been a, a mainstay for that yeah for that organization. Not great defensively, but honestly, no. I think defense is kind of um, sacrificed when you play at that field because mm-hmm. I mean you're just gonna have to out slug teams. Defense isn't gonna prove to be that crucial. Yeah, um, so he's gonna have to out slug him anyway when yeah. he's doing it. So offensively, they've just, been a pleasant surprise this year. Yeah, offensively, he's just been super consistent and. Uh, I mean, just just helping that team a ton uh, and pulling them. Uh, number two, I got Mike Trout. Have you seen what he's done since he's had his son? He's been on a tear. He's, he's had been what on was a tear. It, like, three home runs in his first five at bats back. It's or been something, or, like six at bats. Yeah, something like that. First like two games, he's been he's, tearing it up. He's been drilling the ball. It doesn't come to a, as like a shock for me though. He's my AL MVP pick. Yeah, I, I don't have him on this list because it's just such a small sample size. Because he was out for for a little bit of time with the yeah. His son and everything like that. I mean, you just—it's tough to make a top five list and not have Mike Trout on it. You know what I mean? Oh, going forward, he would be—he's my number one. If I had to pick a franchise, start a franchise right now, he's my number one, hundred percent. I just think so far, he's the guys on my list have been more crucial to their teams and and such. Yeah, yeah. he's just been—he's just been the face and somebody that you want to build a franchise around. Absolutely, he's the face of the league. I would say. Oh, a hundred percent. And then, obviously, number one, the man leading in home runs right now, Aaron Judge, uh, with seven home runs in the season, hitting above three hundred too. He's hitting three hundred two. Yeah, um, looking good. Looking good. Three sixty-two on base percentage and an eight thirty-seven slugging percentage. Yeah, crazy. He is by far the number one player in the league. You couldn't have been more correct with uh, some of the stories you've been bringing up about Judge recently. Absolutely. Um, and uh, actually, I'm going to talk more about him because he's on my list as well. Yeah, so, I mean, that's my top five. I'll run down it again. Number one, Aaron Judge. Two, Mike Trout. Three, Charlie Blackman. Four, Garrett Cole. Five, Trevor Bauer. And six, an honorable mention, Colin Moran. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I don't have a lot, of, a lot to disagree on. I just think that the guys I'm bringing up have been more crucial, led to more wins, and just have been better. Um, I'm going to start with number five. Zach Britton's been incredible for the Yankees. Um, he's got five five saves and five um, chances in the closing role for the Yankees, and he actually didn't expect to be the closer. Like, Roldis Chapman is the closer, but oh. he's been he's been out. Um, so he's stepped into that role very nicely, and he's stepped up huge. He stepped up huge. And I find it a little odd because he's not a huge overpowering strikeout guy. He only has four strikeouts in five innings so far. But he's got a zero ERA. He's allowed one hit. He just misses barrels. He's been very good. Um, and he's been huge to the Yankees. Um, I'm going to get into it later, but the Yankees don't have a lot of pieces going for him right now. Um, they have Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, and uh, DJ LeMayu. But um, pitching-wise, especially in the back end, they don't have a lot going for him, and he's really he's really locked it down. And I think that can't go unnoticed. He's been he's been excellent. Yeah. Um, Charlie Blackman is my number four, so he's even a little higher than I do. Yeah. Just because I am a little bit lower, just because defense isn't all that good. Um, but like I said, defense is winning games in Colorado. You're going there to slug. You're going there to outslug teams, and that's exactly what he's done. He, like you said, he's hitting 396. He only has two home runs, but not bad because he adds 14 RBIs. His OPS is solid, point seven or point um, nine seven four. He's been good. He's been getting on base a lot, slugging the ball pretty pretty good. Um, he's slugging the ball to just above 500. Um, and he, like I said, he just gets on base a lot, four out of 10 tries, you know? Um, yeah. 
he's just been a rock for that team. Uh, no pun intended for the Rockies, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he's just been he's just been a very solid piece of lineup. I think him, Story, and Arenado are very very good. You know, core there at least offensively. Yeah, and yeah, Absolutely. he's just he's just hidden. He's just hidden. You know, um, and also he's been crucial because they've been a very uh, very good shock team this year. They they've, been, been. they've been much better than a lot of people predicted, and like they were a lot better than they were last year. So. I think he contributes to that. Number three, I got Nick Castellanos. Okay. Second league in home runs with six fingers. The only judge is above him. He just continues to mash. He just he just rakes. Um, he's hitting 333. Slugging percentage is through the roof at exactly 800. Um, not only does he hit, though, he drives the ball gap to gap. I mean, just extra base hits, 13 RBIs. He just looked really, really solid. He, really he looks very comfortable um, in Cincinnati and – You've seen it translate to wins, especially with the help of Trevor Bauer, Sonny Gray. Um, they they both look really good, and Luis Castillo. Their other pitchers look really well. They look really good. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Number two, uh, probably my favorite pitcher in the league. Right, I mean at least right now, definitely um, Shane Bieber. Mm-hmm. He, it looks like he's throwing wiffle balls. He actually set an MLB uh, record, made history earlier this year with the most strikeouts in the first two starts of the year with twenty seven Ks. And then he just had another 12 more in his last start. He's a ridiculous 3-0 and with 35 Ks. You see the movement he gets on that ball? <laughs> it's it's actually disgusting. Like, people <laughs> pause the podcast right now, go to YouTube, and just look up Shane Bieber. Just Shane Bieber, like, highlights. I don't know. Look it up. Go on YouTube. It's insane. Yeah, but after that, um, come pitching, back and finish the episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, finish the episode. <laughs> but um, Pitching Ninja, I don't know if you guys know Pitching Ninja on Twitter. He'll show you good, good clips of Shane Bieber. I mean, his whiff rate is disgusting. You just can't hit him. I mean, he's just flat-out embarrassing major league hitters. Mm-hmm. I know that, you know, Sonny Gray, Lance Lynn, Randy Dubnak, and I think um, Trevor Bauer all have high, lower ERAs. He's got a higher ERA than them. At, uh, I think it's a .83. Sub-1 still, though. I mean, um, but I just have him higher than them just because he just looked dominant. He just flat-out, like I said, embarrassing guys. He's making them look like they're middle school hitters. Um, and the only thing I do worry about is his, his little funky release. He kind of short arms the ball a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hope that doesn't lead to elbow, yeah. elbow issues. Yeah, that's on. the problem, especially because he gets so much motion. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's looking really dominant so far. And then my number one, no surprise here, Aaron Judge. He's big. He's bad. He's hitting with a vengeance. I mean, he is. He's coming back super healthy. He feels good. And, I mean, he can hear the hate, and he's absolutely killing it. He's killing it. Leads the league with seven home runs. He's hitting at 302. Like you said, 17 RBIs leading the league. That's crazy. And and he slugs the ball like no other at, at um, 837. He's just crazy. Um, he just hits and hits. And the thing that impresses me about his 17 RBIs and just how good the Yankees are is they don't have a lot of other dudes, especially oh. on offense. Um, outside of, of DJ LeMahieu, who's actually out for the first, like, series of the year, so he hasn't even been playing all that much. Um but Gleyber Torres is hitting 132. Gary Sanchez is hitting .097. John Carlos looked decent, not slugging quite as well as we're used to, um, and not driving in runs as well with only six RBIs. But um, And then Brett Gardner only hitting 231, five RBIs. Aaron Hicks barely above the Mendoza line at, at 207. So it's like Judge is just a one-man show yeah. right now. And it, the thing that impresses me is you can see they're not getting on base a lot. Like His teammates aren't getting on base all that much, but when they do – it just seems like he's always there to clean it up. He is. He just is very clutch. Like, guys on pace, he's hitting them in. And he's been spectacular. I, he's just seeing the ball tremendously well. He's I, like, been spectacular. Even some of the uh, some of the takes he's had on looked those borderline pitches. He's just looked comfortable. He's looked good. He's just looking like he's just – he's 
looking yeah. like an MVP. And then like He's my looking like an MVP. My little honorable mention here. Um, Trevor Bauer was one I talked about that, and then Garrett Cole as well. Fernando Tatis um, Jr. He's been lightning in a bottle. I think he'll always be that. He's fast, athletic, dude can hit. Huge for the Padres. Oh, he is. He's huge for him. Um, I would say he's top ten right now. He, I think he is going to be the next big star. I don't think he's quite top five yet, at least statistically and um, and valuable um, wise. But I think I think he's really good. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so I think that's all for our top fives. Yeah, I'll run through mine again. Zach Britton at five, Charlie Blackman at four, Nick Castellanos at two, Shane Bieber at one, and Aaron Judge or Shane Bieber at two, Aaron Judge at one. So. Yeah, I mean that's that. Those were our top five players for the 2020 season yeah. so far. Yeah, so far, not going forward, not yep. going forward. Yes, I'm just, taking Mike Trout or Juan Soto going forward. Yeah, just as of August 7th, 2020. Yeah, uh, that is who we have for our top five players yeah, in the I league. Mean, pens are on right now. You want to give to a little update they, right now? I think they they're, they're nodded at zero. I want to say. Let's make sure they're not down five nothing already. <laughs> um, I think they're not at zero going into the uh, third period now. Yeah. Um, Check it out. They're in the third period. Oh, they period. started the third period, 14-25 to go. Um, still not at zero. I think Tristan Jari is looking really, really good. I'm, like, really nervous, though. Um, oh, yeah, no, I'm, like, I'm definitely nervous. I mean, I really don't want them to lose, but, uh, like I said, I think they're looking really good. So that means we should, be able to, good. we should be able to give the uh, end-of-game recap, hopefully, by the end of this episode. Um, if there's only yeah. that amount of time left, here's where I fall in the Penguins right now. Just not. I think the off. I think the offense is fine. I don't. Our offense, we had a lot of chances. We zero scored. zero did right you, now in the third. Okay, period. yeah, but did you see what we did in game in game? Yeah, we got some three. chances, but when it mattered, look what happened. Right, we up three, went up three one. Our defense slacked, and what they say? They said, "Hey, offense, could you please get us one?" And they couldn't for the last two periods or period and a half. They I couldn't th- get them a goal. I think the Penguins' main issue is their defense right now, though. And I think what they should have done is they should have put Hornquist on that first line with Crosby. They did shake up the lineup a little bit today. Uh, they put this, did you see they threw Brian Rust on the first line with Crosby? Okay, he's kind of scrappy, quick. I like it. Uh, I like that because I he wish has we would good... have um, Hornquist up there, like you said. Yeah. Um, Coach Sullivan didn't change anything with that fourth line that Zach Ashton Reese, Teddy Bluger, and um Good line. Who else we got on that line? Zach Ashton Reese, Teddy Bluger. Um uh, was, that, was that Lafferty on there? Lafferty, they sent him down. So who's the other one? McCann. Yeah, McCann. That's who's on that line. Um Coach Sullivan loves that line. They're scrappy dudes. They're fat. Oh, Tanev. It's not it's Tanev. Yes. Tanev yes. is on that line. I think um, McCann's a third liner. Yeah, he is. I just man, the um Jack Johnson is just so bad. But he's not good. He's like not that great. He just moves very slow and very not fluid and smart and you know, just like You know what I call that? I call it the uh, number three effect for the Penguins. Because if you guys know the Penguins had Olimata as number three last Oh <laughs> god, he was abysmal too. Yeah, both of them were just are just terrible. So, I mean, like, I, I'm not trying to put it on him, but there are just a couple plays. Even Lafferty, I thought the first goal, um, I thought he was well behind the play. Had he been skating hard and been up in the play, I don't think there would have been the first goal, the Weber goal last game. So, I just think they need to skate hard and get actually get back on defense. So, um, back check. Let's go. Yeah. Um, get physical, too. They needed, God. You got way out hit in that first game. God, I've seen – I have seen um, dudes go over the middle – just skating, freelancing, 
and Penn's just skate right by him. Hey. If he's got the puck, I want a hip, I want a shoulder, I want something on that guy. He should not be able to just skate right through the neutral zone, right over the blue line like it's nothing. If any of our listeners have um, a goalie glove, you know, one that maybe helps you catch the puck a little bit better. Try please, giving it to Matt Murray. Please send it to Matt Murray. The guy looks terrible. It is just absolutely terrible. His glove hand, I have never seen such a bad glove hand on an NHL goalie. Let alone any, going up let alone on Murray in general. Any man over the age of 15, I have never seen such a bad catching <laughs> hand. I wow. mean, it is just awful. Yeah, you're not as high on Murray as a lot of people are. No. I, I don't, I'm not huge on him, but I mean, I don't think he's quite that bad, but I he think, is not good. I think he is so overhyped. Did I think he win, Tristan Jar is a better goalie. Did he win those two cups for us? He was a part of it. He was a part of it. But listen, Flurry got us there that season. Yeah. Yeah. Murray played in the playoffs. I mean, we had Phil Kessel and Genny Malkin and Sidney Cross. We were loaded Jake Gens. So, like, let's be real here. We, I mean, we don't get this perspective of Lux. We're actually living in the city of Pittsburgh, but that was like a super team. It was. People, I mean, that was was a crazy team. If you, though. As close as you're going to get to a super team in hockey. Yeah. The thing I don't like about Murray. If you look across the league in the past at goaltenders, you look at Jonathan Quick, right? Remember the LA Kings, very Jonathan good. Quick. Yeah, very, very good. When he came that first that first year and that second year, he was off the charts. And then what happened to him? Fell off the face of the earth. Because you know why? Yeah, a bit. People figured out his weak spots. What happened to Matt Murray? He came in first, lit those playoffs on fire, won the cup. Second season came in, lit it on fire. Now what? They haven't figured out. You want to score on Matt Murray? Shoot high glove side. It's going in. It just like it seems like he doesn't have like that next level. Like I feel like Flurry, when he got mad, you'd see him skate over into the corner. I feel yeah. like he would just flip a switch. Yeah. Um, I mean, some days you know where it was bad, it was very bad for Flurry. I think that was one of the biggest knocks on him when it went wrong. It went very wrong. Mm-hmm. But there were some days where he would just he'd skate over into that corner. You'd see him look look at himself. You know, look peer deep into his. His soul, and he'd say, "You know what? Like, let's 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 do it. You know? I like, like about- let's pull out something a little extra here." And for the next like fifteen, however many minutes left, he would give one hundred and fifty-four percent every yeah. single time. What I liked about Flurry was he was so active with his he was stick. A, he was also with, very with, good with rebound control. Yeah. Rebound control was huge. For him. He was great at controlling rebounds, and he was great at breaking up the play and breaking up centering passes that are going in front of the net. Yeah. He was just—he is great with his stick, and that's what I heard. I was listening to, to uh, 105.9 The X, a Pittsburgh station here where the, mm, yeah. the Pens games are on. I was listening to that earlier today, and uh, Mike Lang, the best broadcaster in, um, in hockey, 100% in my mind, uh, was talking about Tristan Jari and what he likes, and he said that Tristan Jari, his stick reminds him a lot of flurry and just the way he likes to control the game with with his stick and being able to reach out and poke check and be active and help set things up farther down the ice yeah i can um, i can see it yeah i think that's a big part of it um and yeah when you're talking about goalies i just don't think matt murray is everything that everybody thinks he is you know yeah what I, mean? I mean I, I agree um right now we're at uh a little over nine minutes left in the third. Pens are still zero zero with the Canadians. So yeah, well, we will have more updates on that game when we get back from our break. But right now, we have to get to a break, and you will have the news coming up. You will have 
thoughts on games three and game four so far. In a little game segment. And, yeah, yeah, our little, little game mini segment. Game. And today's is Lamar Jackson or Blank. Yep. So that is all coming up next segment. Don't go anywhere. You're not going to want to miss it. We are back. It is segment two of the issue. Thanks for sticking around. And uh, beautiful have, Friday. Oh, absolutely fantastic. gorgeous. Uh, we have sun in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's, it's a little That's bit new. A little bit later today. We're getting getting to you guys, which actually kind of works out. We can give you guys updates on the Pens game and such. I mean, we probably already have seen the score and stuff, but you could you know hear us react to it live. You know, yeah. And if you're win, uh, if we win, you can celebrate with us. If yeah, you lose, you can uh, probably go crazy. We could weep with us. Yes. Yeah. Um, or tear them with us. But. No, yeah, but it's, it's just a joyous Friday. I got some family in town. You'll get some dinner after this. Just a really nice Friday. It was a good day. Yeah. It was a solid day. Heading into the good weekend. Yeah. Uh, but so far in this game, shots pretty even. Uh, Pens and Montreal. The Pens had 20 shots. Montreal has 19. Um, Block shots. Montreal still out hitting us, like always, 45 to 31. Actually, probably have 31 hits. That's a good amount. That's Face-offs have been a story in this series. They've been just so Seems even. Like Cross has been, been losing this face-off, which is Crosby, kind of weird. Crosby has won, I think, 80% of his face-offs, but the rest of our team has been I losing. Like, I feel like when we were watching the other day, and when I was watching when they lost um, game three, there were two really crucial face-offs, power play face-offs in their zone, and he lost them. Yeah. And so that hurts. But, I mean, if he's, win- if he's winning 80% of them, yeah. yeah. That's good. I mean, the face-offs right now. It kind of sucks you at those times. Montreal's won more face-offs right now, 22 to 21. And we uh, both have four penalty minutes. Yeah, uh, both are over two on the, on the power play. But, which is nice to see that, you know, the Penguins have only taken two penalties today as yeah. opposed to how many in that last game. I mean, like, oh, a brutal amount. Uh, yeah, the Penguins had 10 penalty minutes in game three. Uh, if you don't think that had something to do with it, you're absolutely wrong. Yeah. Just because Montreal went 0 for 5 on the power play, technically, but their goal to tie the game came right, like literally a second after the power play ended. So it wasn't yeah. technically on the power play, but they still had the advantage. Yeah. So, the five penalties um, is not good. I mean, the thing I don't like about I know we're 0 for 2, we've killed both penalties off, but Malkin just continues to look very bad. He yeah. took a high sticking penalty, in my opinion. That's today. just such a. He took late, a high sticking penalty today in the first period. Yeah, yeah. he just lo- he just that's. I mean, I don't play hockey. I don't pretend to know you know where sticks fly and stuff. But I just feel like that's kind of a lazy penalty. Yeah, like it's like tripping. Like it's so very avoidable. You know what I mean? Like some penalties, this it is, happens. Like breakaway tripping, hooking that happens. Dude, this but is Brian. Think, like, this is Brian Dumoulin's. Brian Dumoulin's third holding penalty in this series. Third. Yeah, that's not good. Dumoulin, what are you doing? But, I mean, Malkin, like, I just – I love Evgeny. It just seems like that's kind of a lazy penalty in my eyes. I don't know how you guys feel. In my eyes, that's kind of a lazy penalty. Yeah, I mean – I don't know. Um, I think the – well, if you've been watching, the Penguins power play has been fantastic. Oh, it's been like, great. I mean, although uh, 0 for 2 today, but they won, what, 2 for 3 yesterday? Uh, let me or, check on that. Yeah, 2 for 3 on the power play on in game 3. Yeah, um, what they did in game two, you got that up? Uh, it does not have game two up, no. Mm. But um, I mean, you just yeah, they they look good, they look crisp. I think they should really start loading up the lines here. We got five five minutes left. It's like a wild card game. Start throwing, start throwing starters out there. Start throwing random pitchers that are better than you know. If you got to throw Clayton Kershaw on the seventh, you know, Pens throw Malkin out there and Crosby for an extra shift, you know. Yeah, 
maybe tell the fourth line, hey, break it off at 35 seconds, you know, instead of like a full minute or whatever shift. I don't know how hockey works. I know it's a little over a minute of shift. Right? Yeah, about, about. So it's about a minute and a half, depends. I think. Sometimes they'll hop on and be on there for 15 seconds and the puck gets iced and then they get right back off. So Yeah, it all just depends. But, um, I mean, maybe tell the fourth line, yeah. hey, why don't you go down to like 50 seconds, break it off at 45, 50 seconds, get Crosby and Malkin. I mean, this is an elimination game. This is an elimination game. I'm all for saving guys. You don't want to over-extrenuate them, especially in the uh, – Especially your stars. Especially early, like, we're just kind of getting back into playing. But at the same time, like, we don't have time to get back into playing. You know, this is it. We got we got four minutes and 33 seconds right now. Yeah, like, boys, you don't have a lot of time to heat up. Uh, we got to get – you got to get to it. You know, throw them back in there. Those are world-class world class athletes. You got to stretch their shifts a little bit. You don't want this going over time. I'm sorry, you just don't. No, the one thing though that especially I, with a young goaltender. Yeah, and the one thing I really liked about the Penguins coming into this series was that the Pens had so much more. Like they had their guys were so much more experienced. Dude, their guys games. are just so much better. Did you know that none of the Canadians have and have one playoff game under their belt except for this year? They're just Did like you know that? they they dealt like a lot of players at the deadline because they didn't expect to be or like they don't have a lot of guys you know we're not even playing the good canadians right now the canadians are third they were 31 31 and 9 they were in the, they were not a playoff team once covid hit and I mean, they had Shane gotten rid Weber's of a lot their of people. captain i'm all for you know a tough gritty guy's captain but like let's be real here like he's not a team captain well, he, I mean, I don't know leadership-wise, but, like, statistically, he's not leading the charge offensively. No. Like, that points to some problems in the Canes organization. But clearly, they know what, what they're doing against us. And the Pens are just losing to an inferior team talent-wise. Well, that's just a story. And I would like to say coaching-wise, but I can't even guarantee that. I like – I like I like um, Sullivan a lot. Yeah, I like him a lot, but it just doesn't seem that it's – you know. But isn't it funny that this is kind of the trend that Pittsburgh Pittsburgh used to have the the uh, isn't it kind of a trend that Pittsburgh teams always play down? That's what I was just saying. Yeah, like it used to be the trend back in the day where it was like Pittsburgh teams always step up in the in the We're playoffs and, and they're gritty. tough blue collar. But now over the past, I'd say five years, especially ten years, if you want to stretch. I'd go back to 10. Remember yeah. they lost to Tim Tebow at yeah, Mile Field? Yeah, that's true. 10 Mile years. Mile. In the past 10 years, the P- Pittsburgh teams in general have just been playing down to their level of competition in the I mean, playoffs the Pens, and losing. The Pens last yeah, year the with Pens, the Islanders. The Pens, say, is the exception, though. Well, like, literally, look at the 10 years. I mean, they've won what? Two in the last 10 years. 2016, 2017, the and other ones, 2009 though? was the last one. Okay, so, I mean. So, just outside of look, 10 years. Yeah, yeah, barely 10 years. But I would fast. say the Penguins are. I would say the Penguins are a much better off organization right now. But, and they're still really competitive, and they're still good. Montreal scored. Oh. Um, Lackanen. So, yeah, that's how probably much, it. How much time's left? 336. Oh, my. Or 328 now. It's in, yeah. So, the Penguins are oh, – on Oh, unassisted. Oh, so, the Penguins probably get swept by the Canadians. Not swept. Uh, we won one game. Oh, that's right. But we got – that was last year we got swept by the Islanders in the playoffs. Remember that? Yeah, it hurts. Yeah. Um, but in and then Jacksonville with the Steelers. Yeah. Jacksonville and Mile High. No, yeah. Yeah, it was a home playoff game. Mm-hmm. They couldn't beat Blake Bortles. Yeah, that one hurt. Oh, uh, that's just deflating, you know. That's just deflating seeing Montreal score. I don't really like Montreal either. Like, I don't know. I mean, I could, like, I kind of, like, for uh, 
uh, Toronto a little bit. I like all their young guys. I kind of – I don't mind the Islanders with Matt Barzell, but, like, the Canadians are just, like, not one of my favorite teams, you know? Yeah. Like, they're just, like, definitely towards the bottom of the list of teams I would, like, root for if they weren't playing the Pens. Like, I just don't like them very much. So, that's – it just hurts. Yeah, it's, it hurts. Yeah. So – with that bad news, let's get into uh, some more news. Yeah, let's get into a little bit of news. Yeah, um, kind of some more. I don't know how you want to take it, bad or good. <laughs> out of the uh, Tyler Skaggs investigation, um, the uh, there's an ex Angels employee that that was charged with distributing fentanyl in relation to Tyler Skaggs' um, death. So that's just not good. Um, that that was like found out, I guess. It's good that the guy was brought to justice, I would say. But yeah. I mean, just not good news, I, I guess. I, I don't take it as good news. Um, so, yeah. Uh, also, at the MLB, the Cardinals shut down after another positive COVID test. Yeah, that one hurts. Uh, and they're actually supposed to play the Buckos right now, but Buckos aren't in action, which maybe that'll help. I don't know. <laughs> I'm open to anything right now. Um and probably <laughs> the anything right now. the Big Sky Conference actually a relatively prestige um prestige SCS conference um is moving their football season to the spring and they're only doing a six to eight game um season come spring I think the rest of the FCS might do the same I mean there's a lot of really good teams in that Big Sky Montana State is is one that's always really competitive. It hurts. I would say that um, if the SCS falls, the only real person that that affects big time is Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if it moves to the spring, obviously he's probably going to want to prepare for the draft more than anything. So that that, that does uh, put a little bit of an effect on stuff we care about, like major college football in relation to the draft and stuff like that. And I I like quarterbacks. But I really don't think that's too big of a deal. I don't really mind if I have to wait for Montana State to play in the spring. I think I'll be okay. Or UC Davis, UC Irvine, whatever, you know, any of those. I mean, I I like UC Davis and Irvine or whatever, but, like, come on, I'm really not that worried about their football season in the spring. Yeah. Um, like I said, the only thing that that would be a problem is the FCS might fall up. So. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's just – yeah. That, that, I mean, it sucks for those student-athletes, but I'm really not too worried about it. No. Um, you want to get into our little game for the uh, for the thing? Yeah, so uh, basically it, I think we've done it before with uh, Garrett Cole. Yeah. Um, so this one's going to be a Lamar Jackson one. So would you rather have – For the next five years, right? For the next five years, projecting out five years. Okay, we don't want to do ten. So, it's just so long. That's like my yeah. level contract. So like, let's say here – for the next you're building you're building yourself a franchise, right? And I got a five year window to win. Who and, am I picking? Yeah, and you have to pick a quarterback that you can build your team around. Okay. So leadership is gonna matter a lot. Yeah. Um skill, obviously, and yeah. just being able to get to the right guys at the right time. So you're mm-hmm. building an organization here. First one, do you want Lamar Jackson or Tom Brady for the next five years? Hmm. This year, I'm taking Tom Brady, okay. but going five years out, that's just like a little bit too long of a time for me with Brady. I would agree Dude's with that. 43. Yeah. I think he might have two years left, maybe three. But then what, what's the quality we also of don't, Yeah, we also be? don't know him declining. Uh, I would take Lamar for the next for the next five years. Yeah, I don't he think just, it's going to be. Yeah, he's just a really 
He's good. He's really, really talented. He's a really projectable player. Yeah, I mean, um, he's gotten better every year. So uh, there's no reason for me to think he won't get better. And I think Brady's declining while he is, I guess, inclining. Yeah. Um, so second here, we have Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson. Um, I'm going to take Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson actually has a playoff win. Um, he's won his division more times. He, yeah, I mean, it comes down to the playoff wins. He beat that. He beat a really, really good Bills defense last year, although at home. Um, but also at home as the number one seed, Lamar couldn't beat the Titans defense. So yeah, um, I mean, kind of similar there. Yeah, and that kind of just biff of a game. Just yeah, no, I'm t- I'm definitely taking Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I think he's I think he's more talented. He's better throwing the football because Lamar, you saw it in. Um, so in that playoff game, they got down, and it was pretty much, pretty much yeah. it. They shut down basically I mean, because he doesn't have that skill yet to be able to just drop back when everyone on the field knows that he's got to throw, you know, seven, eight times in a drive instead of throwing two or three times in a drive and running it seven or eight times. Or yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, I don't think he's at that level yet where he can do that. To quote you, you said that he was. You think he's a great running back that can be a quarterback sometimes too. Yeah, I mean, he's. I know there's that quote that he's like, oh, I projected him more as a running back. Well, actually, like, yeah. <laughs> he just hasn't thrown it all that well. Like, I think he's – I think going forward, I am ta- – he would be my number five quarterback. Going five years out, he would be my fifth quarterback that I would start a franchise with, which is good. He's a top five quarterback. He will be a top five, maybe top three quarterback for the next ten years. He's great. But he's just, like, not at that level passing the football. If he gets down in a game – and like I said, if everyone knows he has to throw more times than he has to run the football, that's it. You know, that that's it. They don't have a chance. Yeah. All right. So then to finish it off, third and final, would you rather have Lamar Jackson or Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz. Not even close. I didn't even think about it. Carson Wentz, 100%. If you go back to my top five quarterbacks, I have Wentz above Lamar right now even. And you have Wentz as a top three quarterback. I think Wentz is a top three quarterback. I have him right, right behind Russell Wilson, who's right behind Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I just think Carson Wentz, 81 touchdowns, 21 picks since coming into the league. He can actually throw the football. You know, like he is – he's mobile. He's not Lamar, but he can escape pressure. He can even scamper for a first down every now and then. You don't really want him to all that often because he is a little injury prone. But, I mean, let's be real here. He's a way better throw the football. He's way more talented. He's just more talented. Uh, I would take Carson Wentz any day. And so, like, I, I would say my top five right now of quarterbacks that I would take would be Mahomes, Wilson, Wentz, Deshaun Watson, and then Lamar Jackson. I just I, – I, that's yeah. – I don't see how anyone can doubt like – I've, I've talked about it a bunch of times how I don't know how anyone can doubt Carson Wentz. I think he's a top three quarterback. He's insanely talented. I don't know what anyone else is watching when he went 4-0 down the stretch, led middle schoolers to the playoffs, and was competitive in that game against the Seahawks, who were, you know, a better team, clearly. Um, so yeah, there it is. Well, that just wraps just about wraps things up here too. Yeah, you want to, let's check on the pens real quick before yeah. we head out. And do you think they uh, pulled off the last second? Nope. Score Final there. two nothing. Two oh empty net probably. Let's see. No, it actually said Jari was in the net. Penguins goalie Jari back in net. The Shea Weber goal was unassisted. So he just beat him. Yeah. Carey Price shot out twenty three saves. All right, Pens, we'll see you next year. Um, 
Well, that's, you probably that's... lost a viewer and me. I'm just tired of it. Yeah. Tired of playing down to the competition. Um, the Steelers, after they lost the Jaguars, I didn't watch for actually like half of that next season. Because <laughs> they were just really like, I just was very upset. And like, I'm pretty upset right now. So for the first time ever, like I actually really got into hockey, like very much so, you know. I was really invested in it. I watched Penguins game. I analyzed Penguins games. And uh, they let me down hard. So, yeah. Well, hopefully we'll have some uh, some better news for you on Monday. But uh, for Signing now, off, boys. that's how we're going to end it. Um, Sorrow, solemn ending to the to a really good show. Yeah. Very good, really show, good show, but definitely a solemn ending. Uh, be sure to catch us next week. Uh, we're going to cover the NFC North in our divisional round on Monday. So, yeah. Yeah, a little Green Bay. Yeah. You're getting up there. Yeah, a little What's Green that? Bay, Bears. Love yeah. it. So, uh, yeah, guys, thanks for listening. That was The Issue.